Breaking down Wisconsin basketball. This is The Swing with Zach Heilprin and Jesse Temple on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, we're back. It is championship week. Uh, we've already seen some teams get in the NCAA tournament. Uh, a really good game. I don't watch it. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't watch a ton of small school basketball, Jesse. I don't know if I know you with a kid probably don't have a ton of time to be just sitting around watching basketball as much as you love it. But um, I did get a chance to sit down and watch the UNC Asheville Campbell game last night. And Campbell was the seven seed. I think they were under 500. I think they were 16 and 17 coming into the game. They had a 14 point lead with seven minutes left. And UNC Asheville came back to beat them. So uh, welcome to March. This is a very exciting time. And if you're a Badgers fan, uh, it's also exciting because they're still in the NCAA tournament conversation. I don't know what kind of show this would have been had the, if Wisconsin had lost to Minnesota. But thankfully, if you're listening, that's not what happened. It is not what happened. They did not get another kick to the teeth. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was a kick to the teeth type of week for Wisconsin. Obviously, last Sunday, losing the way they did to that guy and <laughs> Michigan – you know, are you going to not that, refer to him just like they would say the team up north? Is that what we're doing here? Yeah, that guy, yeah. that guy. Some people will call him Hunter Dickinson. I'm going to call him that guy. Some <laughs> people will call him scumbag. I'm I'm just going to refer to him as that guy because I don't have a better word for him or a nicer word for him. So that guy knocking down the shot that he did a game that Wisconsin obviously should have won, tried to win, did not win. Uh, it's been the story a lot. Then the Purdue game. Another shot to win it at the end. Um, there was a stat after uh, Wednesday's game, or excuse me, Thursday's game against Purdue, that Wisconsin in their last five losses at the end of regulation had been beaten by a total of nine points. Or that was like the different at the end of regulation. Obviously, the games went to overtime and they got beaten by more than that. But at the end of regulation, in five games, there was only a nine point difference in their last five losses. So. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly, and I apologize. I will. I know it was not my stat. Someone uh, texted or tweeted it at me, and now I can't remember exactly who it was. I'm going to go back and find it. But that to me is just exa- like a perfect encapsulation of what the last two months have been for Wisconsin. They've been right there. Sometimes they can't get out of their own way. Sometimes, and I that's to me that's what most of the season has been. They can't they can't kind of get out of their own way at the end of games where they are certainly good enough to win and should have won most of those games. And they'd make a mistake here or there as opposed to crediting the other team. I don't know how you feel about that. And again, we'll get into Minnesota cause that was uh, a great comeback win for him. We'll talk about the good stuff in a second, but I just, those two games kind of just showed what this season has been. Well, this team has lived on the edge all season and we've talked about it. It, it evens out over the course of time. Last season was a bit of an anomaly with the Badgers record and some of those close games. And they were 10 and five earlier this season in, in uh, what was it? One possession games or single digit games. Yeah. Um, but that's not the norm. And when you are a team like Wisconsin is, you have to execute in every facet down the stretch to give yourself a chance. We've seen how deep and, and talented the big 10 is. You can debate whether it's, in the middle ground, how good those teams are, but there's the possibility that there will be maybe even 11 NCAA tournament teams. And when that's the case in your conference, you've just got to perform because there are so many games that go down and they're decided by one possession. And yeah, I'll, I'll refer to Hunter Dickinson as Hunter Dickinson. Um, I of mean, course you, you're professional. You, <laughs> it, 
Jordan Davis was defending him and went for the steal and was out of position. And it took a miracle <laughs> for Michigan it, to force overtime. But did it take it, a miracle, though? I, I, like, uh, I don't want to say low percentage. It that was, was a clean a look. At, it was situation. a clean look at a basket for a guy who shoots like close to 40 percent. Well, if you and look again, at it the, was and it was it was back. It was back, like it was for, you know, it was obviously a few feet back. But um, if Jordan Davis doesn't go flying for the ball and is just in front of him, it's a much harder look than it was. Now, Max, well, that's Klesman what I'm came, saying. Max Klesman came late, but Jordan Davis is not going to have an impact on that shot when he's sitting on the Michigan bench. Well, the, that's what I'm saying is it, it took a series of events to transpire for Michigan to even be in position for a shot like that to go in. So there's only a few seconds left and Michigan has to have a three and they're able to get it because you made a mistake in how you handle defending. And and maybe that goes in anyway, because again, Dickinson's got the length and the space to shoot, but game you had to have, you lose it. Purdue, that's tough. Zach Eady was unbelievable. <laughs> he finished with 17 points and 19 rebounds and, and, Nobody can handle him, but Wisconsin still had a chance and couldn't close the deal. And so if Wisconsin doesn't get into the NCAA tournament, and I know we'll get into all that discussion, they they will obviously have no one to blame but themselves because they had so many opportunities to make it happen. And instead they're sitting now with a, what a six and seven record against quad one teams. So there've been numerous opportunities to get that one win that you needed. And they haven't been able to do it down the stretch. It's really this has been one of the more remarkable turns of a season that I can remember for Wisconsin. When you, when you look at the fact the Badgers at one time were 14th in the country uh, and now are 78 in the net rankings and clinging to dear life to get into the NCAA tournament. I mean, we've seen stretches where they lost five out of six or six in a row or something like that, but to go from where they were to where they are now um, it's, it's pretty wild. Ohio state esque. I mean, Ohio State was in the top 15 at one point in the country. Um, and now these two guys, these two teams will be playing each other at the 12 and 13 seeds on Wednesday at the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, Ohio State season has gone even worse than Wisconsin's, um, where you know where they're at. But um, real quick, Alex Schmidt on Twitter is the one who sent me that. It's the, the exact text or the exact the exact tweet was last five losses, end of regulation's been two zero one zero two. So nine points the difference between 16 and 13 and 21 and nine at that at that time and those games that went to overtime it felt like wisconsin obviously the, the michigan game is one of them but wisconsin had shots at ending the game in regulation couldn't get him to fall so uh but that that was the obviously the bad stuff that happened last week and, and i don't know how much time we need to spend on it it's irrelevant we kind of talked about it last week saying they needed to go two and one they went one and two and now they've set themselves up to have to go down to Chicago and win a couple of games, but they're only in that position uh, because they recovered in time to beat Minnesota yes. on Sunday on Sunday night up in the Twin Cities, 71-67. They trailed by seven with about, mm, I don't know, like I think uh, just under 11 minutes to go in the, in the game. And everyone, I mean, obviously, and I, I guess I don't blame people, but freaking out on Twitter. Uh, but that's what, <laughs> that's, that's just what Twitter is. And, you know, at halftime and then at that time left. Um, but then their big three that we had talked about coming into this season kind of came to the rescue. Tyler Wall, Stephen Crowell, and Chucky Hepburn scored, I believe it was 18 of the last 25 points. 
and there were some big, big buckets in there, especially Chucky's three-pointer with 47, 46 seconds to go. Um, but the the big and, and obviously he had 12 points all in the second half, a couple of big charges taken, a couple of ridiculous, ridiculous assists that one to a Siegen and one to, to Crowell. But it was it was a must win. And they showed some urgency after I don't want to call it a lackluster first half, but a little bit of lackluster first half and a little bit lackluster uh, beginning of the second half in terms of guarding. I mean, they, Minnesota was shooting over 60 percent for the game. At one point, they got what they needed to get done, and all that matters is a W, especially in the road and on the road in the Big Ten. I, I, I guess I don't really care, and I don't think they care how it looked in getting it done. Yeah, obviously Minnesota is not a good team this season. The Gophers end the regular no. season at eight and twenty-one and two and seventeen in the Big Ten. So you've been saying it for a couple of weeks. You cannot, if you're Wisconsin, go down there and lose that game in Minneapolis and expect to have a legitimate chance to go to the NCAA tournament. So I. The Badgers deserve a lot of credit. Certainly it wasn't pretty, but I don't know how many wins this season you could say are pretty. And the strategy was clear. They Greg Gard was emphasizing, get the ball in the post and try to take advantage. And that's exactly what they did. That's how Wisconsin mounted the comeback. And obviously you mentioned Chucky hit the massive step back three from the left wing and came alive in the second half. But, but that was led in large part by what Tyler and Steven did. And Tyler ends that game. I thought he was fantastic. Eight for 11, Crowell is nine for 13 and both those guys tie for the team lead in scoring with 21 points. And that's how Wisconsin was able to do it. And Chucky was limited to four minutes in the first half because of foul trouble. So all 12 of his points in the, in the second half, it was huge. And there were some key moments down the stretch. As you, as you mentioned, there was a, a tie game and Chucky hits that three, the two passes that he had were just, it was like he had eyes in the back of his head to find Crowell um, for the, the, and one, to tie it up. And then the Asijan one, we know Asijan's a great cutter, but they had to have it. They got it. The 71 67 win. It's funny because had they lost, it wouldn't have impacted their seating in the big 10 tournament. And yet, no. um, and yet that, that is one that could help get them into the NCAA tournament. I'm sure we'll evaluate the scenarios and what Wisconsin needs to do, but 12 seed, no matter what, but you feel a whole heck of a lot better about what's possible now for the Badgers that they end the regular season, 17 and 13 and 9 and 11 in the Big 10 instead of 16 and 14 and 8 and 12. Going home with Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowd, there's always that little extra juice going back to Minnesota and it showed up. I mean, I, Steve is usually a relatively mild-mannered guy at least in interactions with media and you don't really see a ton of emotion from him. But there was a there was a play after he just bodied uh Dawson Garcia down low and he got the ball he got the N1 and he turned around and he's like, he can't effing guard. He can't effing guard. You love that attitude out of him. And I'm sure that there's a little bit of, you know, they. I'm sure they've played a ton during their their time in high school in Minnesota. But Dawson Garcia is a fantastic offensive player. He's not going to be anybody that you're going to sit there and say, oh, gosh, I'm really worried about him <laughs> defensively. That dude is what? Well, how tall is Dawson Garcia? 6'11", 6'10", 6'11", maybe? He had zero rebounds last night. Zero. How does that happen? Like we've we've talked about Steve at times. Like why is it? Why are his numbers so low? Dawson Garcia did not have a rebound last night. That's in, I mean that's just crazy to me. But either way, I loved I love the attitude from from Steve because you don't normally see that out of him. And to get what you did from Steve and from Tyler, what three days after they combined for really poor shooting to go 17 for 24 my goodness uh exactly what they needed 
Yeah, and there's a stretch midway through the second half where you've got Corral has a putback, Wall has a reverse layup inside, Corral goes lefty inside, Wall's inside with a post move, and then Wall gets an offensive rebound with a layup. Those two guys basically carry the Badgers in, in for a, a stretch of the second half. Obviously, Chucky was in there too. I think these guys clearly knew how big of a game this was and how important it was to their future this season, and, and they delivered. They did. Um, what did you think about uh, Chucky? I mean, they, they, he got sat down pretty early in the first half. It forced some other guys to come on and and play. But he's kind. I mean, it's kind of been a, a rough stretch for him. I, would you agree with that? It's it's been a rough stretch for him. He has not necessarily played up to I think what a lot of people were expecting. He's had moments this year that have been huge, but there have been people like calling for him to be benched, uh, and that that Wisconsin would be better off with somebody else being on the floor. And I think it's Minnesota, of course, but I think you see the type of player he can be. He just needs to be that on a, obviously a more regular basis. But what they got from him in the, in the second half was much needed, and he delivered when they absolutely needed it. And he's been playing hurt a bit. I mean, he's he's banged up, and so that yeah. that's obviously speaks to his character and will to win. But that any talk about him needing to be benched to me is just total nonsense. I know there have been some rough stretches, and in particular because he's the go-to guy who can break somebody down. He's taken some shots that, and again, hindsight is twenty twenty. But even in the moment, you think, ah, could you have gotten a little closer to the rim? But then he does what he does and knocks down a big time three against Minnesota in the last minute. Obviously, it was huge. And I think this, maybe this is kind of the burst that he needs at the right time. You look at the last couple games, and he's, he had a 13-point game against Purdue, had 12 points against Minnesota. Before that, he was coming off four games where, it, it, five, six, seven games, really, where he didn't even shoot 50% from the field. So um, I don't know. I think maybe this could be a, a big turning point for him down the stretch. He loves the clutch moments, and no better time to do it than when he did it against Minnesota. Yeah. And, and I don't know where you come down on the plus minus meaning something in a single game. Do, do you, do you think it matters whatsoever? I think it depends. And there's a lot of context that's yeah. required. I mean, maybe uh, if you look at the full course of a season, Yeah, um, but I, either way, it just depends. Yeah. Either way he was, they were 14 points better than Minnesota when he was on the floor last night, which makes sense because he was not on the floor for much of the first half while they trailed right. and then was on the court when they made their comeback. So it does make sense, right? Like they, they jumped out to a lead, then they he, get, he gets in foul trouble, so he's out, and then they're down and he is on the floor when they come back. So I guess that it does that, that number does make sense in that sense. But yeah, I would agree in terms of not being able to totally judge uh, someone's impact on a single game with that. To follow up real quickly on what I was saying about Chucky's shooting, I'm looking at the numbers now. So he was five for 10 from the field against Minnesota. The last time he shot 50% from the field in a game was December 30th against Western Michigan when he went four for seven, 57.1%. Now, yikes. That's, and he's had some decent games during that stretch, a couple 19 point games and helped Wisconsin win. Uh, but I'm just saying that's an awful long time to go without getting to that clip. Well, and a lot of it is has to do with the amount of three-pointers he takes too, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, speaking of three-pointers, Wisconsin took two in the second half. For a team that puts up as many threes as they do, and you, you kind of mentioned it before, but the idea that get the ball inside and let Tyler and, and Steve go to work yep. is best illustrated with that number. Did you already say that, that I just missed you saying that? No, I didn't say that they only took okay. two threes in the second half. I just said it yeah. clearly made a concerted effort to go inside, and you saw that both those guys were able to take advantage of it. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they scored 42 points in the second half and only two three-point attempts. That is a rarity for Wisconsin, considering how poorly they've been uh, in terms of shooting inside the three-point line this year. But Minnesota just didn't have anybody inside to stop them. And when that's been the case, it wasn't the case against Zach Eady, and it wasn't a ca- case against you know that guy. But when it comes to teams that don't necessarily have a big that, that's going to be able to play you, Steve has no problem getting going to work down there. It's just getting Tyler and him on the same page at the same time and, and being able to put it together. And uh, they certainly did that against Minnesota uh, to get that win. All right. Uh, everyone has been talking for the last, what, three weeks about fouling down three. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin Wisconsin did it. They even fouled down two. A little uh, above and beyond there from, from uh, Max Klesman. It may oh, or may not have been a mental uh mistake. Oh, you think so? No, you, you think <laughs> maybe. You think he didn't know what the score was? Oh, uh, yeah. He did not know what the score was. Uh, Greg Gard said as much afterwards, said they w- they might need to work on some math things. But fouling down three, and it looked like they're – like, so when Chucky took the foul, he did it like at half court. He tried a number of times to get the foul, and it wasn't until like the third time that they yep. actually called it. I don't understand that that from officials. Like, I, it's, it's clear exactly what's trying – what's taking place. And – do you want guys to hack the crap out of them? Because it goes back to what Kamari McGee did at Michigan or didn't do at Michigan. I don't think Kamari McGee fouled him hard enough, but it was clear to me what he was trying to do. I don't know what the officials want in that situation. Do you want the same thing, like the collision that Max Klesmet and uh, I'm not sure who it was at you know when he at mid court there. Is that the kind of collision you want to be able to get a foul? That's that's what you need to be able to to for an intentional foul or not for an intentional foul, but to to show that you know you're you're trying to foul them. I, I it, it's uh it's a little confusing to me. You you do not want too much contact, but you need a little bit more contact than what Chucky was giving him. Apparently, through the first two moves of him trying to to foul him, it wasn't until the third one where he essentially wrapped him up that that was good enough. I don't know how. I mean, again, you're the basketball guy. I uh, I just watched, but it, it felt like he had done enough the first two times. Uh, it wasn't until the third time that apparently he, it was enough for the official. I don't have a huge issue with it because he was in front of him the whole time, and we're not talking about a play where he was trying to foul and a guy ended up getting a shot off and there were three free throws or he made the shot or something like that. I, I thought, okay, he's playing good hard defense, and when he does foul you, him, he'll foul him. So I don't, I, I really don't have a huge issue with he it. He bumped because, him. Like he bumped him good. He bumped yeah, him good coming did. across. Like, but you know what they're trying to do in that situation, don't yeah. you? Like if you're the official and, and, you know, Greg Gard talked about it last week against Michigan. Like he'll give officials a heads up of what they're trying to do. He didn't do it against Michigan because he didn't want to scare. I don't know. I don't know if scare is a good word, but bother Kamari when he was, trying to take that next free throw to make it a three point game. So he didn't, he didn't go to the official, but this time, you, you know, he had to, like he had to have gone to the official and told him, right. I guess, or was that, was there a free throw? Rip? I mean, there was a little bit of a time out there for a substitution. Wasn't there? I'm going to have to look it up. So I apologize. Yeah. Either way. Uh, I, I feel like in that situation, you know what, the, you know, what is trying to be done and for it to take three different attempts. It's kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of BS to me, but, what were you going to say? I would say Wisconsin was very fortunate because after the Klesmet foul, you send a guy who's an 85.2% free throw shooter to the line and he just happens to miss one. And so then Minnesota is in a spot where it has to chase because the Gophers are down 67, 66. If he makes both of those, it's a 67 all tie. And maybe this game goes to overtime and it doesn't go Wisconsin's way. So sometimes you need some breaks to go your way. 
So I guess there was not a timeout. Max, I guess Klesman had to hit that free throw to make it a three-point game. He missed the first one. And then, yeah, so either way, it's irrelevant, I guess, uh, at the end of it. But, hey, they fouled up three, and it uh, it worked, right? They didn't know Minnesota never got a three-point shot off to have an opportunity to, to tie it, though <laughs> they had an opportunity to tie it at the free throw line and couldn't get it done. Yeah, a little bit of a mental mistake. A little bit of a mental mistake there from uh, one, from Tyler Wall and also from Max Klesman. But it, it didn't matter because they were able to find a way and, and and they got it done at the end and they finished the Big Ten season 9 and 11. It's just the second time since 1998 that they're under 500 in Big Ten play. It's kind of crazy to think about. Um, but they are the 12 seed in, in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, let's get into a little bit of this uh, idea of yep. bubble or not. Uh, or I should say NCAA tournament or not. I went and looked this morning, the latest bracketology. Um, it really is not a science, so I don't think it really matters who you pick, uh, who you want to go with. Whatever your, whatever your argument it is, I think you could probably find somebody to back it up. In terms of Wisconsin, Joe Lenardi from ESPN, he has them still as a last four in. They've been in that spot, it feels like, for the last month. Um, Jerry Palm from CBS Sports has them as the first team out. And then the guy that was the most accurate last year, there's there's somebody there's a website that keeps track of the most accurate bracketology each year. There's a guy, deuce2sports.com. You're, <laughs> you're clearly familiar with it. Obviously. Um, he has them as the first team out as well. Where do you think they stand? Well, I'm also going to throw in a mention to our our guy at the Athletic, Brian. Oh, Bennett, sorry, my who's, bad. Uh, no, you're good. It's it's very similar to Joe Lenardi's bracketology in terms of where Wisconsin is. He's got the Badgers among the last four in, and both those guys have Wisconsin in a play-in game in Dayton against Nevada as a pair of 11 seeds. Where am I? Ah. It's a coin toss. And and the thing that's really fascinating about Wisconsin's plight right now is I mentioned this earlier that the net rankings at this stage, and they will shuffle after these tournament games this week. But as we're having this discussion, Wisconsin is number 78 in the net rankings, the worst rated team to receive an at-large berth in the NCAA tournament was Rutgers last year with a net ranking of 77. So that really tells you that they are, the bubble team of all bubble teams right now that most people seem to have them as a last four in. And it's just, it's hard to know because this is the type of situation. And I think you addressed this last week where Wisconsin could be in a spot that it's rooting for every favorite in these conference tournament games to win, because it may only take one bubble stealing team, a a seven seed that beats a a one seed in a conference tournament where that one seed is going to get an at large, no matter what. And they steal a bid, and that could be Wisconsin. Now, the Badgers are going to have a say in this, um, and we could talk about what Wisconsin needs to do in the Big Ten tournament to to stamp its place. I think they're probably in as a last four in, but that's meaningless right now because so much is going to change uh, by the time we have this conversation in a week and Selection Sunday has has been decided. It will. Wisconsin uh, gets Ohio State on Wednesday. Wednesday night's the first game. This is the first time Wisconsin's playing in uh, on the opening day of the tournament since 2000. Now back, then, now, back then, there were only 11 teams in the conference, so that first round 
was on a Thursday. So I can't say it's the first, I can, I can say it's the first Wednesday, but that's kind of irrelevant because they've only been doing Wednesdays, I think since adding the other teams in, in 2014, I think that's the case. I'm not positive, but first time they played on the opening day of the tournament since 2000. Is that good? A good omen for them? I think it's irrelevant right now. <laughs> you think it's irrelevant that they, the last time that they went, that they uh, played on the opening day of the big 10 tournament, they went and went on to the final four. I think it's irrelevant because this okay, team, gosh, uh, is I can't totally... believe I can't, I can't believe you would say that. You, just because none of the guys on this team were alive, were alive, happened, uh, <laughs> does not mean does not mean it's re- it doesn't hold uh, relevancy here. Uh, no, I, I just thought it was a, I just thought it was a fun thing to throw in there. But they were also a six seed that year, so uh, slightly different. And the only team that they lost to in the final two months of that season was Michigan State. This team has lost to uh, quite a few few teams uh, here in the the last two months um what they're gonna have to do something they haven't done since early january since big 10 play re re uh up here and that is win back-to-back games and what they're really gonna have to do is win and this is my opinion uh as i said it's there's no science to this whatsoever but it's it's my opinion ohio state's higher in the net rankings despite being 13 and 18 um overall and one in 10 away from home they are the they are 63rd in the net rankings. That obviously is a game that Wisconsin has to win. And then they will get the five seed Iowa, who they just beat last, uh, is it last week? No, week before last at home when Iowa went a ridiculous two for 28 from, no, three for 28 from the three-point line. Either way, uh, Iowa currently 37th in the net rankings. So that would be, that. I personally think that they need to win both of those games. They need to get to Friday to be in the tournament. I don't where where are you at with that? That's where I fall too. I I just don't think one win against a sub 500 Ohio State team. That's a 13 seed, by the way, in this Big 10 tournament is going to be enough for Wisconsin because the Badgers lose to Iowa, then you're sitting there at 18 and 14. I don't see how your net ranking is going to substantially improve. Ohio State's net right now in the 60s. I think you've got to win those two. And um, maybe it's a situation where they can win one and, and potentially get in, but you're going to be relying on a whole bunch of other stuff to have to go for you. And you're absolutely going to be sweating it out. And I think if you win two, I don't think you're sweating it out. I think, I think you're in because then you've got nine, then you're 19 and 14 and that, that should be enough, but going one and one, I don't think it's going to be enough. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be enough either. Um, Wisconsin did not get any. I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing that they're playing on Wednesday. They do. They need as many wins as possible, right? Like I think there's kind of a a blessing in disguise here that Penn State won. Penn State came back from 16 down to beat uh, was it Maryland at home, and then obviously Nebraska goes on the road and beats Iowa. I I think it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise because you get the opportunity to add another win or two to your your resume and. The only thing that would have been okay is if it, you know that the extra win would have been against Minnesota again. I don't. I mean, I, obviously the net ranking for Ohio State's much higher than Minnesota, but um, the Minnesota game you think would have been a little bit easier than Ohio State because Ohio State does have talent. So we'll see if it play, how how exactly this is all going to to play out. If they make it to Friday, I think they have a, a good shot of getting in, but probably still playing on that first day, right? Uh, playing in that in the first four in Dayton. I would think so. Again, a lot of things are going to shuffle, but you'd rather be in that spot than you're, you've got a home game in the NIT. I mean, 
it's it's more than no postseason, but nobody wants to be in the NIT. Um, and I think it will take a miracle for Wisconsin to get out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. But if you're a fan, you hope that that is even a discussion that they have a playing game and potentially more after that. Do you consider it making the tournament when you have to play in the first four? Yes, I do. Okay. It's a 68 team field. I know. I'm just that kidding. counts as an NCAA tournament game. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know but there are there are some like it doesn't even feel like you made the tournament in that case. But well, um, if you lose, it doesn't feel much like it because you're like the first team bounced. Right. And you're uh, yes, yeah, so you're the first team bounced. Your season's over and no one remembers that you made it. Um, <laughs> and if we're being fair, no one really remembers anybody unless they win it. Um, I Can you remember the final four teams from last year just off the top of your head? Of course not. But okay, but I don't you know, know what who, I had for breakfast. Do you know? Do you know who won the tournament last year? Uh, well, that would be KU. Yes, exactly. Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, that to me, it's making the tournament. I don't care. Whatever. All right, let's get into some of those Twitter questions. Uh, that despite the win, there was some positive. There was some negative, obviously, because that's what Twitter is. Uh, we'll start with the King because he asked, he's asked this uh, multiple, multiple times, uh, a number of different programs, but when Wisconsin loses Wednesday, will Greg guard be fired within a 24 hour period starting at the end of the game? <laughs> uh, I'm inclined to say no. Um, I don't think one subpar season makes uh, a tenure and it's very easy to forget in the moment that they've won two Big Ten regular season championships, and he's a two-time coach of the year. And I know people like to make these comparisons with Paul Chris because that was uh, an unexpected firing, but I think there are some key differences. And maybe it's uh, you know a lesson learned in terms of how to attack uh, roster management. Not that Wisconsin wasn't actively pursuing guys, but I think there's a pretty good understanding of what needs to happen for Wisconsin to be more competitive. And, and that's transfer portal guys who could be help this team be more competitive. So no, I, I, I don't certainly don't see that happening. All right. Well, I asked the question. That's all I can do. Right. Can um, I get your thoughts though? I don't want to be out here hanging on a, on a ledge here by myself. I have taken the stance of never say never after yeah. what happened with Paul Christ and yeah. Jim Leonard, but it feels extremely unlikely. Yeah. Um, but again, no one knows what Chris McIntosh knows in his, in his own head. So I will never say never to anything ever again. And uh, it's, it's a bit of a change for me. I usually, I've usually said never quite a bit during a season and uh, that one, I'm going to make a sincere effort not to do that. And if I ever do say never, Jesse, I'd like you to call me out on it. Can you, <laughs> okay. Can you help that's me? what I'm can here you, for. That's what I'm can here you help, for. Yeah. All right. Can you help me out with that? I will. Um, all right. Chris says, uh, which player is the key to winning some games this week and possibly beyond? Oh, man, the thing is, I don't think it's a single guy, which we saw against Minnesota. You did. If I had to pick Chucky to be dominant because he can help this team in so many ways, we referenced a couple of passes that probably nobody else on the roster could make to free guys. When he gets hot, he can be really special. Um, I mean, he's shooting 38.6% from the field, which is unbelievable. He's got to be better than that. But to me, for Wisconsin to do anything, it's it's that collective effort. You've got to have, I think, four of your starters as, as double-digit scorers. So that's where I'm at on it. You To me, it's Tyler. 
simply because I mean, I Chucky, as you said, has had a couple of games. To, Tyler is all is to me is the key to this team being uh, solid to good. If he's going to play like he did last night, and I don't expect him to score twenty one points and shoot eight of eleven, but it needs to be better than two for eleven, which is what they got against Purdue. And, they, and I know Zach is a a load and a really tough guy to deal with on a regular basis, but I think it's up to Tyler uh, because he can be a difference maker on both ends of the floor. And if they get the good Tyler, then I think they can beat. I think they can beat anybody in the big 10. If they get a good Tyler, the big 10 is so wide open that I would not be surprised for anybody to, to make a run uh, outside of Minnesota to make a run deep into this tournament. And for Wisconsin to do it, I think Tyler has to be at the top of it. And the matchup, again, these first two games, it feels like a good matchup for Wisconsin. If they're, if they're able to get by Ohio State, um, they obviously beat Ohio State in Columbus earlier this year, despite really trying to give that game away, uh, blowing, nearly blowing a, a significant second-half lead by scoring no points in the last, or I should say no field goals in the last seven-plus minutes. That was a little appetizer to, to, to going 10-something against Michigan later in the year, but I like that game. And then we saw what Wisconsin can do inside against Iowa. Um, both Steve and, and Tyler could have big games. They don't have anybody inside that can stop them. So I think uh, it, you're just hoping that the Iowa that can that made three three-pointers against you the last time shows up and not the one that went and scored 100 points, 100 plus, plus points against Michigan State the next time out. But those those two matchups, I feel like, are good ones for where Wisconsin, their bigs, can succeed. Do you agree or no? I do agree. I think if you look at the bracket, it is set up as well as it possibly could be for Wisconsin because these are two matchups the Badgers can win and have won. They're 3-0 and against these two teams. Beat Ohio State early in the year. Beat Iowa twice. One of them went to overtime. So they're going to have to play very good basketball, but these are two games Wisconsin can win and obviously need to win. And so Tyler, Chucky, you name it. The guys really have to perform their best for Wisconsin to have a chance here, but they can do it because they've shown they've, they've done it before. Uh, next question comes from Sam. He says, how many teams in Big Ten tournament history have made it to Sunday when they began playing on Wednesday? Uh, we did a little bit of research before asking this question because, you know, we're good podcast hosts like that. But I'll let, do you, I mean, you, I'll let you say uh, no team has done it, correct? A big old bagel. The worst yeah. seeded team to ever make the Big Ten tournament championship game, and this is in the era where there's been 14 teams, so they've been playing since Wednesday, was Michigan as an eight seed when it beat second-seeded Wisconsin in 2017. So no team that's played on the first day has made it to the championship, and very rarely do you see it in these major conferences. Every once in a while you do. You see a team get hot that has to play five games in five days. It is so draining. Sometimes when they those teams get to the championship, they've got nothing left, but it uh, it would be going against history for the Badgers to be able to pull that off. It would be. However, there have been multiple occasions where teams playing on Wednesday made it to Friday. Uh, that would include 2019, I believe, is the last time it happened. Nebraska, a uh, 13 seed. They beat Rutgers, then they beat uh, Maryland, and then they lost to Wisconsin, but only by four in that game in 2019. And then the year before, Rutgers who was 3 and 15 on the year but the game the uh, tournament was in New York City it was at Madison Square Garden that year they beat Minnesota 65-54 then they beat 
uh, Indiana 76-69 before falling um, to Purdue. They gave Purdue a game, but it was uh, they they lost 82 to 75. So there have been runs by double digit seeds that have to play on uh, obviously the the 11 through the 14 seed, there have been teams that made it to Friday. And that's kind of what we talked about earlier in terms of Wisconsin needing to do to be able to uh, find their way into the tournament. This is also just the second time a team with nine wins in the conference has had to play on uh, the opening day. Uh, Now they just went to 20 games not too long ago, but it's very rare for a team that to be, you know, just two games under 500 in the league, which is what Wisconsin is nine 11. And that's what, this is the first time it's ever happened that you've had two teams like that. And that's what obviously uh, Nebraska is as well. So the jam packed middle of it, it's a little bit odd, but I, that's why I don't think it'd be a huge shock to see Wisconsin or Nebraska or Ohio state for that matter, make a run to Friday. It seems unlikely to get to Saturday, but I don't think there's, there's not much separating two from 12 in this conference this year. I, would you agree? Yeah, I absolutely would agree. We talked all season about the difference being minimal between being a 10 seed and a four seed or something like that. And and you can look that <laughs> you had Illinois, Maryland, and Iowa and Michigan, four teams, all finished 11 and nine. Uh, that's five through eight seeds in the tournament. And Wisconsin's nine and 11 and is sitting there as a, uh, a 12 seed. So not much difference, but it speaks to the parity in the league. All these teams beat each other up and they're all, they all have the, Potential to be NCAA tournament teams, but several of them could end up not making it if they lose their first game. So we talked about what we thought needed to happen for them to get in the tournament. Bix asks, on a scale of 0 to 100, what percentage do you put the number that they make it to the NCAA tournament? Um, I feel 50-50 right now. <laughs> um, and I guess the odds would say that it would be less than that. Like if you've got to win two games to get in. But it's hard. It's hard because they've beaten both these teams. And yet, as you just referenced earlier, they haven't won back-to-back games in months, two months. So that's where I'm at. I, it feels to me like a coin flip. Like if, if they're going to beat Ohio State, then maybe they just go on and beat Iowa. Um, but it's going to take some doing. I'm at 60-40. I'm a, I should say 64. I'm at 60. I don't trust Wisconsin. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> Why should I don't, know, you? I don't know how anybody could. I was having this conversation on on Friday on our morning show, uh, and we were talking about the Purdue game the night before. And um, Nelson was saying, "Yeah, I really felt like down the stretch that they were going to be able to pull it out." And I'm like, I, I, "How is that possible? How how do you have that feeling whatsoever after watching this team? There's just I don't know how you could have a positive feeling whatsoever in that when it comes down to that. Even last night." Even against Minnesota, it was like, I don't necessarily have a positive feeling of how this is going to turn out just based on what we've seen this year. So any given day, right? Any given day, they can beat anybody and they can certainly lose to anybody. And I have no doubt that that could be the case come Wednesday night against Ohio State. And what is likely going to be a little bit of a uh, dull environment, you would assume. I guess we'll see. But it feels like it's probably going to be a little bit weird environment. Just those Wednesday games always kind of are. and really, it's that way Wednesday and Thursday. It doesn't really kick into gear until Friday, but we'll see. I'm going I'm to go with 60% on that one. All right. Uh, there are a few, a few offseason questions. Ian says, do we have to worry about studs like Connor Asijan leaving for the portal? Boy, would I be depressed if that happened. 
I'd be really surprised if that happened. I think there's something to be said for a team taking a chance on you and the, the growth that he showed in one year here. Um, I think it speaks to where he can go. It'd be a different conversation if, if that does happen, it would feel kind of like we've already gotten to this point a little bit, but just the death of so many things uh, in what we love about this game, that if some team just offered him a boatload of money and he left, I would be surprised though. I would say that. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's tough. Uh, Adam says beyond desperately trying to add transfer portal guys, assuming, but Jesus, who knows, we don't have to worry about losing our best guys to the portal. Do we? Um, and I think, you know, that's Connor he's talking about, but you know, whether it's Chucky, whether it's Crowell, whether it's, you know, whether Tyler wants to play another year, it, it just feels unlikely. Like you're, you're leaving a spot that you have a starting, I don't want to say guarantee, but you have a right. very good chance of being a starter for your career and you potentially would go somewhere else to, to do that. Uh, obviously the su- team success isn't where it needs to be, but they, you know, it's not like they are, it's not like they're Minnesota, right? They they're not that far away from being um, a much better team record wise than they are this year. So it's you wouldn't be leaving a sinking ship or anything like that. But um, it feels it feels unlikely. Um, this kind of this question kind of goes into an, into another one though. Like um, says to my knowledge, Wisconsin has never creened kids. For anybody that's unaware, Tom Crean pushing kids out of Marquette. That's what it's, uh, yes, that's what it's been called. But either way, uh, given how many holes the roster has, does it happen for next year? And if so, how many players? So I think those are two different questions. I don't think Greg Gard's pushing kids out, um, especially kids that are at the top uh, in the starting lineup. Like you're not going to push those type of guys out. And and really it's a matter of showing others that, you know, maybe the playing time isn't going to be there for them and it would be best to move on. Yep. I don't either. I don't think Greg, Greg's that type of person. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to go through and in a couple of weeks. We'll I'm sure have all that off season discussion. It I'll never say never until uh, these guys make their determinations. I would be very surprised if the people who are starters don't stick around. What you usually see are guys who are not pleased with their playing time opportunities. And you see it on the same side with football. Who did Wisconsin lose from the, the portal last year? I mean, Ben Carlson, um, Matthew Moores and Carlson maybe felt like a surprise because it seemed like he had such a bright future here, but if he had been a starter, <laughs> I think it would have been a different situation. So I don't see that. And I don't see Greg dumping people, but I also think it's fair, especially in this era of college sports with the portal to have honest conversations with players and say, there are this many people, this is where things stand you're welcome to stay here. But if you stay here, you should just know that these are the kinds of opportunities that you will have. And that's very different. And if guys want to leave then, or if they want to stay, then you can leave it up to them. Um, but pretty clearly, I think the, the roster needs to be better for Wisconsin to have a, a chance next season, but we're not there yet. Yep. Uh, final one. Brian says, should the focus be more on development than recruiting with guard and his staff type of player you to be recruited seemingly hasn't changed much, but shooting has declined post Gary close and bigs like Reavers and Crowell yet haven't panned out reach potential like Kaminsky and Hap Johnny the being the exception. So essentially is it still recruit and develop or is it a, a different type of thing in terms of going to the portal and, and that type of stuff, I assume. Well, it's gotta be both. I think that's where things are headed right now. Wisconsin is, always been a recruit and develop type of program. I don't know if it's fair to, I mean, Steven 
he's averaging 11.6 points and 7.1 rebounds. Uh, he, he could be better. And I think next year he will be better, but you have to develop your players. And you also have to be realistic to know that with the portal and the way college basketball functions. Now, every year you've got to re-recruit your players and you've got to try to elevate your talent through the portal. So, and that's a tough balance to strike. We see the same thing on, on the football side. You want to be a recruit and develop program, but you, if someone's available for you right now and can help you, you got to do that too. So you got to massage some egos too. You're developing players. And at the same time, you're bringing in people who can potentially take their spot that if they can get somebody that's good enough, then you go out and get them. And that's the challenge that every coach faces right now. Yep, for sure. For sure. All right. So Wisconsin in action Wednesday night in Chicago at the United Center against Ohio State. Tip is at 530. If they win that game, they'll play Iowa on Thursday. If they don't win Wednesday, well, we will uh, get prepared to see where they're going to be in the NIT. And uh, if they do win both those games, then maybe we'll have uh, something to look forward to on Sunday and seeing if they can't move their way into that last four and get to Dayton and, and play in those games. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. Jesse, we'll be back next week to talk about it. And I think for Badger fans, hopefully we're, we're talking about who they play Tuesday or Wednesday, but we'll see. Thanks. Thanks, Zach. All right. There is Jesse Temple from the athletic. You've been listening to the swing.